Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD. And there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Jesus said, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this the 15th Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world and however you're listening to us, we hope that you all feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, 
to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. Let us confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commandments and to live in love and peace with all. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
God, who in generous mercy sent the Holy Spirit upon your church in the burning fire of your love, grant that your people may be fervent in the fellowship of the gospel, that, always abiding in you, they may be found steadfast in faith and active in service. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The servant of the Lord said, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him that is weary. Morning by morning he wakens, he wakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, I turned not backward. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been confounded. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God helps me. Who will declare me guilty? Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter of James, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, for you know that we who teach shall be judged with greater strictness. For we all make many mistakes. If, if anyone makes no mistakes in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body also. If we put bits into the mouths of horses that they may obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue is an unrighteous world among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the cycle of nature, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by humankind. But no human being can tame the tongue, a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brethren, this ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening fresh water and brackish? Can a fig tree, my brethren, yield olives, or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? They told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. And he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Christ. And he charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not on the side of God, but of men. And he called to him the multitude with his disciples and said to them, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I once heard it said that the Anglican definition of confidentiality was telling only one person at a time, although that may not in fact be the original use of that particular definition. In an article in the Sunday Telegraph of the 30th of January 1977, Oliver Franks referred to what he described as, and I quote, a secret in the Oxford sense. You may tell it to only one person at a time. Now, whichever of those two versions is indeed the original, I do find that quip to be both witty and painful in equal measure, because I'm sure that we all recognise the truth about that particular human phenomenon and the ease with which we can succumb to that particular temptation. And prompted by our, our reading from the Epistle of James this morning, I start with this thought because we all need to be reminded occasionally of the fact that the Church and its members are as capable as anyone else of inflicting damage through the medium of speech whether through breaching confidences, gossip, thoughtless remarks, or even deliberate unkindness and cruelty. Our reading from James, written to a young church community at the dawn of the Christian era, gives us a startling reminder of this all-too-human weakness when it states, No human being can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. The act of speaking is, of course, incredibly easy. We do it all the time, mostly without thinking very much about it. Whereas, as some of us know to our cost, taking back what we have said once we have uttered it aloud, now that is a very different matter altogether. As the American politician Adlai Stevenson once wrote, man does not live by words alone, 
despite the fact that he sometimes has to eat them. And we sometimes fail to see the hurt or the lasting harm that we can do through the way that we speak to people. I myself have had to learn some very difficult lessons over the years as a result of I myself having said things carelessly or thoughtlessly, or worst of all, quite deliberately. When I was training for ordination, one of my fellow students was deeply unpopular and greatly disliked by the rest of us because he was regarded as rather smarmy, ambitious, and extremely sycophantic to those in authority. If ever a visiting bishop came to our college, you could guarantee that that particular student would manage to engineer it so that, rather creepily, he got to sit next to him at dinner, as a result of which he really did become an object of contempt. Anyway, we had a college meeting one day at which the student in question was giving a report on something in a rather irritatingly self-aggrandizing way. And by responding with a rather cleverly honed, deeply sarcastic comment, of which I am ashamed to admit I was rather proud at the time, I absolutely demolished him exposing him to the ridicule and the hilarity of the rest of the student body who took great delight in seeing his humiliation. But the following day I started to pick up reports that he really had been hit very hard by what I had said and was pretty devastated by what had happened. At first I shrugged it off telling myself that after all he did have it coming. But as the hours progressed, so my sense of shame increased, until eventually I felt compelled to go to his room, to talk to him, to apologise for what I had done, and to ask him for his forgiveness, which ended up being really quite a profound and significant encounter for both of us. And it certainly had a lasting impact on the way in which I related to him and spoke about him subsequently. I had to face up to the fact that I was capable of doing that to another human being. It can be hard to see yourself in such a light sometimes. And of course, I have myself been on the receiving end of that kind of thing from time to time. When you wear a dog collar with all that this represents, you can sometimes find yourself functioning as a lightning conductor or a punch bag, choose your metaphor, for other people's anger and disaffection. But it can happen on a personal as well as a professional level. I once had a very close friend with whom I got on extremely well. We had similar interests, she was great company, we had a lot in common. The problem was that when she was stressed or anxious or angry or disaffected, she would routinely deal with that by taking it out on the nearest person available, which was often me, with a torrent of what I can only describe as violence and abuse. It was verbal rather than physical, but it was still pretty devastating. At first I was deeply upset by it, then I attempted to be calm and rational and talk her through it in that kind of way. But eventually I came to recognise that I was simply not prepared to be a verbal punch bag anymore or to be humiliated in that kind of way. And so in the end, and it's sad to relate this, I simply withdrew from that friendship. I suspect that that particular individual would be astonished to hear me recount this because I don't think she ever for one moment paused to reflect on her conduct and its impact and its consequences, which is quite troubling. But ultimately, she was the one who lost out. It's interesting, isn't it, that the Christian faith is very much a religion of the word, not merely of the written word, the Bible, 
but also of the spoken word. According to the opening of the book of Genesis, God brought the whole of creation into being through the medium of speech. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And those powerful, mysterious and astonishing words at the start of St John's Gospel add a whole other dimension to all of this when we hear, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Christ we see the Word made flesh, the one who came and dwelt among us, and was one of us. And what kind of word was he? In his book, The Humble Church, Martin Percy makes two really interesting observations that are relevant to this. Firstly, he draws a very insightful distinction between humility and humiliation. Humility, he says, is something done by us for others. Humiliation is something done to us by others. Though, of course, it remains the case that we all have the power both to humiliate and to be humiliated. But he also goes on to describe Jesus not only as the Word of God, but the Verb of God. As we all, I'm sure, remember from primary school, a verb is a doing word. And so Jesus, as the verb, expresses what God is doing. And what kind of a verb is he? What kind of verbs are we called to be as his disciples? For an answer, perhaps we need look no further than our gospel reading which takes us back to the themes of humility and humiliation. As Jesus alerts his followers to the startling truth that his messiahship will be one marked by rejection and suffering, the paradox that he has come not with power but great powerlessness, absorbing all the hatred and the anger and the resentment and the pride that inhabits the human heart, and in its place, speaking forth and living forth only love. Somewhere in the heart of all of that, we can perhaps find the answer. And in the meantime, what do we speak forth? What do we live forth? Are we aware of the power that we too can exercise by what we say and how we say it? As our reading from James puts it, from the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. Do our words edify or vilify? What do the things that we say reveal about who we truly are and what is written in our hearts? And when we feel humiliated, as Christ was humiliated, how do we respond? Are we prepared to shoulder the burden of that without retaliation, as he did? Because we have to exercise a choice. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, fresh water and brackish? Can a fig tree, my brethren, yield olives, or a grapevine, figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for the people of Afghanistan who are enslaved in a region where liberty and human rights have turned to ashes. The men feeling as if they are living in a locked cage for which there is no key. The women feeling as if they are living in a concrete box with no windows. With your guidance, dear Lord, may humankind protect and empower the defenceless, help them to establish new lives elsewhere in the world. We pray for all those working in the media who risk their lives keeping the world informed about what occurs in nations whose borders are closed and censorship reigns, where transparency is but a shadow on the horizon. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, dear Lord, for clarity and openness with regard to vaccines for the virus and its variants. Please guide us along a pathway of sense and sensibility rather than a rocky road of misinformation. May the qualities of caution and consideration and compassion for others shine forth in these uncertain times. We pray for our children at school. May they be safe and enjoy the fruits of learning and talking and laughing with their friends and teachers. May they feel safe and cherished, never alone and unloved. We pray for our young people who are about to go to university. May they once again experience the sense of camaraderie, face to face, a vital aspect of university life. May they be healthy, happy and hungry for knowledge. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those suffering from long COVID and other serious illnesses who feel frightened and anxious. May faith in you, dear Lord, bring comfort to their lives. We thank you, dear Lord, for the glorious revelation that so many all over the planet have shared during the pandemic. This being that we must never again take our creatures great and small for granted and that our green world is precious and should never be forsaken. Thank you for inspiring us to preserve your creation. In light of the community of St. Brides, we pray for our Sunday Club children. We pray for Alison and Jeff, Robin, our verger, our devoted staff, our church wardens, our PCC, the Guild of St. Brides, and our choir. We pray for our visitors, each other, and the online St. Bride's community throughout the world. May we be a bastion of fellowship. Dear Lord, 
While we do not know if we should hug each other with our arms or merely with our eyes, stand close or far away, cover or reveal our smiles, we do know that you are always with us, helping us to discover what is wise and wonderful. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers for the, for the sake, sake of your Son, our, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Christ is our peace. He has reconciled us to God in one body by the cross. We meet in his name and we share his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. For he is your living word. Through him you have created all things from the beginning and formed us in your own image. Through him you have freed us from the slavery of sin, giving him to be born of a woman and to die upon the cross. You raised him from the dead and exalted him to your right hand on high. Through him you have sent upon us your holy and life-giving spirit and made us a people for your own possession. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing. Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence, as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy, Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen.
Let us pray. Keep, O Lord, your church with your perpetual mercy, and because without you our human frailty cannot but fall, keep us ever by your help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.